Welcome to episode 13 of What Lies Beneath the Seattle Kraken podcast. In our Kraken reaction, we'll talk about some games that we lost, uh, some games that we are going to lose to COVID, but we're going to have some fun. Here we are, 2022, still a lot to look forward to. And no dumb questions, what is proper fan protocol when attending a Kraken game or any NHL game? We'll discuss. And to put some things in perspective, Kraken fan, in hockey history, we will talk about some of the worst coaches in NHL history, and hopefully that'll help you understand why we should not fire Dave Haxtell just yet. So let's get into it. Welcome to What Lies Beneath, the Seattle Kraken Podcast. Hello, happy 2022. That that actually might be the worst way I've ever begun a podcast. Hello. So we're just you saying that. Hello. Hello. <laughs> my, name, my name is Jeff Janusic. This is my uh, friend and co-host. Joey Cirillo. Hello. <laughs> Hello, 2022. Terrible start to 2022. It was like a Kent Brockman impersonation Hello. that only old school Simpsons fans will understand. Also, it feels weird to say 2022. I'm not. I'm not used to that. I feel like it takes me a couple of months. I'm like a March guy when it comes to me getting used to the year. No, I'm I'm so jacked. I, I, I got to tell you this, man, is I mentally feel strangely refreshed and I feel so positive about this year. And I don't know if it's I like somehow went through some of my own like, um, you know, maybe I got hypnotized in some way, but I just I just feel different and it feels good, you know, because the past couple right. of years, you know, our life's great. You know, like there's a lot of good stuff going on in my my personal life and, and kids and family and all that sort of stuff. But it just it's felt weird through this whole pandemic. And um, I, just, I felt a sea change a little bit and I'm excited. So I like it, man. Yeah. Twenty twenty two is just it's a pot. You know, it's a it's a uh, it's a positive number. Uh, a lot of a lot of two twos twos in there. Um, all of it, all of it. I just, I'm excited. Also too, I really want to talk about, and maybe this is something you'll grow into as, as you become more and more and more of a hockey fan okay. is I, I always love January hockey on. Okay. Now I love hockey. I love, you know, October, November, December hockey, but you know, December's kind of lost, you know, in the holidays and obviously we've had COVID going on and that sort of stuff. But January to me means, and maybe you've noticed this is what's cool is the schedule shifts a little bit. And like on weekends, you start seeing games being played at, you know, noon or, um, you know, you know, not, not, you know, when it, uh, 11 AM, you know, 1 PM, 3 PM. So what's cool is now that we're in the January, February springtime, you know, getting into the playoffs here is you're going to have weekend games on, you know, Saturdays, there's going to be Sunday matinee games. And it's just, it's a signal of like spring. It's a signal of all these good things to come. So um, I think when it comes to me personally, I feel super positive, but also with hockey, it's just a good time of year because playoffs are around the corner. And, you know, uh, I, I mentioned it last podcast, you never know. The Blues won the Stanley Cup after being in last place. You never know. But no matter what, the Kraken get in or not, the NHL playoffs are so fun to watch. So, like, we're really getting into a good time uh, with with hockey right now. So, I'm, I'm hoping you're feeling okay, too. Dude, I feel great. I don't know if it's this Negroni I am currently sipping on. But I'm feeling pretty damn optimistic, you know, in this moment myself. So, I'm 100% with you. The New Year does feel good. 
I'm not usually like a new year, new me type of person, but any kind of excuse to to shake off the funk and turn the tides, I am all for. And on the hockey note, you're really going to appreciate this. Uh, was it Saturday? Ton of bowl games on. I'm a big college football fan. Right. Catches up in the bowl games. I'm like, oh shit. Let me find out that right now, I believe it was TNT. They had the Winter Classic game. So it was Minnesota Wild, St. Louis Blues, the aforementioned St. Louis Blues. And my ass ended up watching that game more than I ended up watching <laughs> some college bowl games for at least um, a solid hour. So I feel Good. like you will appreciate the fact that I have officially um, come to the dark side. I am now watching hockey over college football willingly when the Kraken aren't even the damn team playing in the game. I would love to see a future Kraken uh, Vancouver Canucks winter classic at like yeah. field. That would be fucking awesome. So cool. I'm putting that juju out into the universe and it was really cool, man. My, my kind of a takeaway from watching that game though was man, some of these seats are really far away. Like when they're doing like the wide out shots, I'm like just trying to picture myself sitting in different areas in the arena. I'm like, I'm going to have to be hammered drunk to be in these seats because it was, I think negative four degrees uh, at puck drop. And then on top of that, you have seats that like you legitimately probably can't really see what the hell's going on unless you have a pair of binoculars um, in your hand. So I don't know. That was a, that was a takeaway that I had. I'm sure not every you know stadium or arena is built uh, for hockey. Understandable. It was a really cool spectacle. But I also remember how you were telling me how the novelty of it's kind of worn off because they're starting to do um, you know more of these frequently. But luckily for me, being a new hockey fan, everything is new. So I can <laughs> I'll take and digest hockey any way that I can get it. Well, you know, I'm I'm kind of like watching it through through your eyes, man. Like I see, you know, I see my kids do uh, things for the first time ever, and I'm watching it through through their eyes. But here I am watching it through your eyes, and um, I yeah, I I agree, it's totally cool, man. It it, it was um it was an awesome game. Um, I watched some of the recap because I cut the cord, so I I couldn't watch it. Uh, <laughs> I gotta get that set up, man. But um, it was cold as hell. Did you like the the goalie toques that they were wearing? The the knitted uh, hats, uh, with the little, you know, the ball on the top. That they I did wore. like that. That was, that was a good, that was a nice little touch to the game. I was like, Oh cool. They're wearing the shit that I used to wear on snow days uh, back in, in, uh, Lacey, Washington, when I was, you know, 13 years old going yep. to middle school. So I, I appreciated that. Well, they, um, I told you, uh, I think a couple episodes ago that I went to the cold war, which was Michigan state versus Michigan. That's like one of the first ever outdoor games back in like 2001, this happened. And, uh, times have not changed because I was sitting up there in like the nosebleed, it would be a nosebleed seat for a Michigan state game. And it was like, I was watching, I mean, you know, ants play hockey. <laughs> um, but you know, I was 20 and I was, you know, definitely drunk and it was freezing, um, and it was fun. So, I mean, I would totally go to a winter classic game. Um, they probably are not made for really watching great hockey in person, but I can guarantee you that they are a party. And I I'm also on, on your side with, I bet that there is in the next few years, I think totally exactly what you said, uh, Vancouver and, and Seattle Kraken um, outdoor game, which would be kind of cool. So it was, it was pretty neat and they are neat to see. And that is something that also happens in January too. So again, another reason why, you know, January is just a really great hockey time. So we're, we're getting into that, um, that, that, that time. So 2022 off to a good start for hockey, but for the Kraken, uh, not so much. So let's get into it with the Kraken reaction. 
All right, so your Seattle Kraken are not looking too great right now. A couple of reasons. Obviously, coming off of a couple losses to Calgary and Vancouver, but now we're also in sort of this gray area of COVID and postponement of games. So we're not looking at a game for a while either. So we're in this sort of like, you know, when there's nothing coming off losses, there's nothing to do. Like what, what is it that's saying like idle hands, uh, Satan loves idle hands. Cause he'll play, you know, I don't know. I hear bloody idle knuckles hands. with you. I hear, I hear idle hands. I think of the Devin Sawa movie. So we're in different generations. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, so like, you know, you sit around you're like, man, we got no, cracking games to watch we're sitting here brewing off of these uh losses we've got injuries we've got all this stuff going on we got problems and then like there's nothing to change um our our tone right now so like this is a bad time for cracking fans as we just kind of sit here in this like man we got to like somehow change the scene plus the covid stuff um which i really feel is gonna just eventually you know, I, I really hopeful positivity for 2022. I really feel like we'll get out of this by February, you know, mid February, maybe, but anyway, so let's talk about it. Thursday's game actually had a hockey game mm-hmm. playing the Calgary flames. And, um, I actually fell asleep midway through it. And I was like, this, this is looking pretty decent. This is going to be a back and forth game. I think we got this game. And then I woke up to see that we lost to Calgary six to four. <laughs> yeah. So, like you just mentioned. So the Kraken lose six to four and a couple of things, um, you know, really stand out to me. One Calgary's a good team. So if the Kraken had any chance of beating them, they're really going to have to set it up. Sorry to step it up. And a thing that I noticed that the Kraken were outshot 40 to 22. So I don't give a shit who you're playing against. Um, if you get almost doubled up on your shots on net, you're probably going to lose that game. And they also gave Calgary uh, five power play opportunities. Uh, not ideal, Jeff. Not ideal. So <laughs> I just, I don't know. I see those two statistics and it kind of makes sense. In fact, I was legitimately surprised that the game was as close as it was. It was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Goudreau is an absolute monster. And I have to actually pause here, um, you know, as we're kind of going over the game. So you tweeted out from our, you know, um, podcast account on Twitter at Pod. That you said he's a top 10 hockey player, United States hockey player. I have to ask you now, I'm kind of putting you on the spot. I didn't warn you that I was going to ask you this. What do you like about his game? What separates him and makes him such a good player? Because he did score two goals against the Kraken. He also is so incredibly selfless that at points I was so fucking infuriated because the the empty netter at the game that kind of capped everything off and made it six to four. Um, again, the final score there, but there were a couple times where he had an opportunity to kind of put the puck on net and I'm watching him skate around with the puck. And he just, it seems like he just kept making the right play. Like he was making the right pass and getting his, uh, his teammates involved when I think he could have easily just been like, fuck it. I'm putting one in the back of the net and getting this hat trick. And then, uh, you know, we're getting, we're getting, getting on this flight. So, I guess long story short, what what do you like so much about his game? Because I respect your opinion. You said he's a top ten U.S. player. I want to hear why. That's exactly it. I mean, you like what's great about Johnny Goudreau is you saw it in really your first time watching him, right? After seeing what I said about him, like you saw those little. Th- it's the little things. Like if you had a isolation, an ISO camera, like on every Kraken player, like I'm sure the NHL coaches and teams do, 
you know, you can see everything that goes on with those guys and you can really see in the small things, how good they are and, and how smart they can be in like little, that's, what's crazy about hockey is like one little decision can add up to really good things a few moments later. And Johnny Gaudreau is just really good all around. And I love how he's, he's, he's not the biggest guy. He's very quick, but he plays bigger than he is too. So he's smart. He makes the right choices. He involves his teammates. He's not selfish, but he also knows how to be selfish when he needs to be. He's just a really great team player. He makes other teams good. Like we need, we need more Johnny Gaudreau's on our team. Okay. That, you know who that reminds me of? And I was actually going to bring this up in the breakdown of the game against Vancouver. It reminds me of Yanni Gord. I was just going to say, who is, who is our Johnny Gaudreau? It's Yanni Gord. Gord. Because yeah, go ahead, guy. please. No, no, I was just going to say he's, he's, um, he's who we were talking about in the last episode with turbo going down. Like who's our next just all around, you know, hockey crush our Kraken crush. Like who's our, mm -hmm. who's our guy. And I think it's Yanni Gord because he's that guy. He's that guy who's um, able to uh, make plays, score goals, make good things happen, but also too defensively, he's not going to let guys get away with, with shit. He's, he's going to make people pay for things. So like, how can yeah. you not like that? A guy who's uh, great offensively fun to watch, which is also important too. Very um, Jesus. Uh, but then he also turns around and like defends all the guys in your team. Like, how can you not love that guy? So. No, I absolutely love it. And again, you and I say this every episode, I'm pretty sure someone's going to make a fucking meme out of me, but you really did nail it on the head there. So in this in this game, first off, I, I have to give a shout out to Giordano. He ended up scoring a goal. I think the joke was against his old flame. Ha ha ha. But <laughs> but on that particular goal, and this is what I start to notice about Gore that I really appreciate about his game, the more I watch hockey on that particular goal, he set such a great screen in front of the goalie that allowed Giordano to, to do his thing because Giordano, when he, when he gets the puck, when he, I don't know, when he's feeling it, that guy is just saying, fuck it, I'm shooting. And I appreciate it. And I think I made the joke where I was like 5% of the time it works every time, but I mean, he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna put the puck on net, but it was because Gord set that screen. It's so funny to see him setting effective screens because you know, if you look at the actual size of him, he's probably, we know, one of the smallest guys on the team, but he just knows how to how to make the right plays. Later on in the game, there's a beautiful, and I would say it might be, it's at least for me, I will say, it's the only like tic-tac-toe play, like a legit hockey move that I have seen like that from the crack in this season. And forgive me if I'm, you know, if I'm forgetting any other previous instances, but it was yarn croak. Blackwell, Gord, and that goal that Gord scold was so beautiful because he was skating right into the net at that point, tied the game at three apiece. Um, and then later on, you know, Gord had the, I think it was a questionable high stick call. It leads to a power play for Calgary. Um, they ended up taking advantage of that um, and, they, and, they, and they put the game away. So I don't know. It's uh, Gord is just one of those guys that uh, I just, I really appreciate the way he plays. He does all the things all the small things that need to be done in order to win. Unfortunately, we don't have a team of Yanni Gord, so the Kraken are not winning. But if I'm Dave Haxtell, you know who I love fucking coaching? Yanni Gord. I, I agree. I, and I was just thinking is, if I were to get a Kraken jersey with a name on the back, it, would, Gord. it, might, it would be Gord. It, you know, a lot, a lot of people want to go with the turbo move, which is a 
great move, but I might go with Yanni Gore. Just something about the the smile, uh, the Cheshire cat thing, and yes. just knowing like what's going on behind that guy's eyeballs is <laughs> probably awesome. I also so, I appreciate the uh, the mouthpiece chewing. He's like the Steph Curry of NHL. It's uh, very impressive. I'm surprised no one's done like a side by side comparison of that. I'm going to play devil's advocate for you for you now. And this might be something that people talk about. And uh, I've definitely seen it on Twitter. I'm going to ask you a hypothetical question. Jeff, if you had purchased, I'm kind of setting you up here for failure, so I apologize. People are going to hate on you or love you for this answer. All right, good. If you had purchased um, a a Grubauer jersey before the season started or right when the season started as your first Kraken sweater, how are you feeling right now about owning that? Are you regretful? Are you wearing it with pride? Where's your head at? Well, I'm probably spent like 250 bucks on it, so I'm wearing that's that what I'm thing. saying. I mean, you buy the the authentic one, you probably drop 300 after taxes. So how yeah. does how do you feel about that purchase now? Yeah, man, because back in the day, I used to every now and then I buy like the Walmart ripoff, <laughs> and I was like, what am I doing? Like, just you know, spend my extra Arby's money on on you know something that's legit and good. No, I'd still wear it. I I think, you know, I'm not I'm not big on Gru right now, and that sucks. And I feel bad saying it, but at the same time, it's just, I, I don't think there's no one person that we can blame for anything that's going on. So I, I honestly, like, and before the podcast recording started, I was, I was knocking grew a little bit. I'll, I'll just throw myself under the bus. Not anything bad. I'm not sitting here saying like, ah, oh, the guy's terrible. He sucks. Um, but I think that we as Kraken fans are all going through like those. It's like, <laughs> it's that meme. I think in memes sometimes, that Spider Man meme where there's like the seven Spider Men yeah, standing and we're around. All, and we're all pointing at each other. <laughs> yeah. So it's like Gru's things to blame. <laughs> yeah. Gru's pointing at like Dave Haxtell. Gru, team Hack- play, turnovers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Power play. <laughs> That's what's going on. It's like we all have these moments of doubt, like, man, this grew he's just terrible he's a bad goalie and then like then five minutes later i'm like oh man dave haxel needs to get fired he's just garbage and then like ah oh, turbo's hurt he says, that's that's why we're losing or this guy's too slow who we call it up where's our prospects at why can't we make a trade so like i'm totally wearing a philip grubauer jersey still i'm still supporting him still supporting the team i may have my doubts but you know what damn it don't let anybody else tell me how to how to think as a Kraken fan. It's my team. I can hate on them like I can ha- I want to hate on them, but don't come in like a Canucks fan. Don't come in here like a you know a Buffalo Sabres fan and try and hate on one of my guys. So I'll, I'll I'll get into a Donnybrook with you. You know. Hey, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say something now, and I hope someone does save this and uh, and calls me out for it. But I I hope I'm right, man, because I'm putting out positive vibes here. You know what I think is going to happen with Gru? You know how I forget which episode we talked about this in, but we were previewing the Florida Panthers. I think Gru is going to pull a Sergey Bobrovsky. And I think if I'm him, I would have made that phone call to to Sergey a couple of weeks ago, if not a month or so ago, and been like, listen, dude, you were great in Columbus. You came over to Florida, massive contract. You know, I came over to Seattle massive contract i'm their guy i'm underperforming i'm playing like shit things are looking shaky sergey dealt with the same exact thing for two seasons and he has completely flipped it around and how he did that was two things one he had a kid so 
Somebody out there needs to procreate with Gru. I'm just throwing that out there right now. Like, I don't know who he's dating. I don't know what's going on. Someone make that happen. We and have some Twitter fans that would totally do that. Twitter. Yeah, you need to make the sacrifice. Sacrifice your body to be Gru's baby mama. And then two, he needs to start, maybe he needs to do the Sergey thing and start using um, slightly bigger pads and start working on different aspects of his game. Maybe he skates out of the net more, builds up his confidence. I'm just saying, we've all jokes aside, we've actually, we have... You know, this has been done. It's currently been done, like in the NHL. There are goalies that are out there that have completely revitalized their game after going from great to what the fuck to great again. Grubauer can do this. Like, there's still plenty of time left. This guy, you know, he's not in the, you know, the twilight of his career. He's not fucking riding off into the sunset. So why can't Gru get better, especially as the team gets better? So that's that's where I'm at with this. I'm I'm totally down with you in that. And this is, again... One of those things where we know he's a world-class goalie. I mean, he he proved it. Like, he proved it before he came to the Kraken. The Kraken have got a lot of problems. It's an expansion team, okay? This yeah. is, this is we keep telling ourselves this every episode. We are not the Golden Knights, and that's all right. You know, we're going to figure some things out. And that's also, too, why, you know, maybe this is not the time of the podcast to talk about it. It's like, I think we need, I want to put the damn, for now, Dave Haxtell, fire him comments to bed. You know, we're get, we're getting, and I do, and I love the Twitter conversations we're having with, with fans and, and people who listen to the show and interact with us. And it, these are all questions we should talk about that sort of thing, but, and I'm not knocking anybody for bringing it up, but it was just too many unknowns about this team. We're also coaching in, in the COVID era we're coaching in like these, like you can't get anything going the last, you know, month and a half because who's going to be able to play. There's injuries. There's so many factors to, to what's going on. So, you know, is Dave Haxtell an emotional fiery guy? No, he's not that guy, <laughs> No, <laughs> but he's, but he, and that's okay. Like there's, uh. there's some coaches that are purely um, player guys and all they do is just emotionally get players fired up. And then some coaches are hard ass, you know, dictators. And that works for some guys. So it just kind of depends. Like everybody's trying to figure each other out, you know. So I think the Dave Haxel stuff, since we're just talking about it now, we got to just cool it on that. I mean, we can barely get games uh, planned. We can barely get the Kraken on the ice to play games. So let's get a full on you know, uh, what, what do you call that? Like a, a full on trial, a full on, um, oh gosh, what do you call that when an experiment, uh, and you, you have many different, uh, a test group or some shit. Yeah. Let's get a, let's get a, Yeah. I'm totally not. We got to stop recording these podcasts. Nope, so we're late. leaving all this in all of it. <laughs> what's, what's the damn word? I'm, we got like a litmus test or like a sample with a sample size. Yes, a sample size. Yes. That's Listen, it. At, at the end of the day, man, two words, expansion, team you know who wasn't the las vegas golden knights every fucking expansion team in nhl history which we have previously gone over um you know in another podcast episode so i'm with you man and uh listen we're you know we're obviously you know on twitter engaging and we're you know talking shit and whatnot we're watching these games and we're interacting in real time with everyone else but we're not actually getting upset over this like at the end of no. the day this is an expansion team um, you know, there's lots of things to figure out. Like, this is not the crack in final form. You know, we didn't go into this season being like Stanley Cup or bust. So everyone chill out. Let's enjoy this. 
And yes, we can have some fun with it and be loose and talk a little shit and watch some hockey and have some fun. We did. I think. Are we just using this podcast as our own personal therapy session? That's basically what it is. I'm surprised people are listening. So shout we, out to everyone in Sweden. No, <laughs> it helps. It helps Kraken. It helps another Kraken fan. It's a good thing. But I think you, yeah. you and I literally have this conversation. I think every podcast. No, I mean, it's, true, it's a good yeah. thing. It's well, a good thing. You know, we have this conversation, and then people that listen to the podcast hear it, and then you know what happens? Uh, a game happens, and what are the tweets that we see? Drew Bauer is, you know, the worst goal in the league. Okay, yeah, statistically. Like, <laughs> or we need to actually fire, we need to fire Haxtell, or we need to do this, or we need to do that. Hey, man, you know what? Or, or man, woman, whoever we're talking to, I'm totally with you. There's a, there's a lot of things that suck. In fact, I forgot who tweeted at us, but they were just ripping into Gru's play, and, uh, and I forget what happened, because I said something about, oh, wow, it was a great save. And I think I, I responded something on the lines of like, so he's not allowed to have a good play. So because you're telling me that because, you know, because he, statistically, okay, whatever, worst goal in the NHL. But if he has a couple of really good saves to keep the Kraken in the game, I can't say that was a really good play because guess who else is playing like shit? The rest of the fucking team. So if the rest <laughs> of the team is playing bad too, am I not allowed to, um, you know, compliment them when they're doing well or root for them every game, which I do? Like, come on now. Like, that's the whole, that's the whole point of being a fan of the sport and of the team. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, no, it's, it's true. It's, uh, I just want to see, I want to see games where the Kraken are not just completely out of it. Looking terrible, boring games. I want to see fun hockey games that get me yeah, to you're fall a in love with hockey this. lover though. Like if the game was like two to one or one, nothing Jeff would, I'd be like, oh, I'm, Jeff is uh, he's loving this shit right now. No, no, I like I love big offensive games. I lo- I do. <laughs> no, I really do. I, I just want to see like the speed. Like, okay, so we go from the Calgary game, we lose six four. One of those is an empty netter, tight game. And then we got the Canucks game, which was a little more of a the uh, you know like that, that was like a womp womp game. You know, so like more closer to a Flames outcome than a Canucks outcome. Yeah. I just want to see some stuff that's more. I want to see more positives than negatives. Like let's let's break it up into the uh, let's 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 you know really break it up. And instead of looking at a game as a win or a loss, let's let's rack up all the wins in the game that we have. And yes. as long as we net out wins versus losses, you know, like yes. I'm happy with that. Like we could lose a game and have a lot of positive things happen. You know, we're learning and the team's learning, and you know, Dave Haxel's learning to coach on the fly. Apparently. Uh, you know, we're all trying to figure this stuff out. So, you know, I just want to see competitive hockey that I can enjoy. I want to fall in love with this team more and more every game. I'm already there, but I just want to like be you know, like over the top, like, man, this team, I love this team. This is fantastic. So give me more of that. That's what I'm saying. I'm with you. And okay, so we've moved on now, right? So now we're talking about the game on New Year's Day. It's the first of 2022. New Year, new Kraken. Not so much, right? Same Kraken kind of show up to play. The final score, I will argue, is not indicative of how the game went down. So the Kraken end up losing 5-2. to And so just like the previous game against Calgary, I am going to share some stats that stood out to me that I think will surprise some people. If you just look at the final score, Maybe you didn't pay attention to the game that much, whatever. So, uh, I mean, shout out to Demko. I mean, that guy had 30 saves. Um, he 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 plays standing on his head almost every damn night. But I, I had another tweet where I was talking about where I'm like, 
you know what's a big factor in him staying hot? The Canucks rarely put him in a compromised position, unlike the Kraken, who are constantly putting their goalies in positions where it's like, fuck, I hope you can make this save, dude, because you're probably going to give up a goal here and everyone's going to be mad at you. Even though, you know, Will Borgen is turning over, uh, you know, the puck to opposing players behind his own net twice in the same game and both times led to goals. I digress. What I'm going to say here is, so here's some stats that stood out to me. So long story short, what was frustrating about this game is that the Kraken beat themselves. I mean, legitimately, they could not get out of their own way. Like the Kraken had a chance to win this game and they did not. Shots on game, shots on on net, sorry. Uh, 35-32 in favor of the Canucks. Face-offs that were won, 34-32 in favor of the Kraken. Power play opportunities, both teams had two. Penalties, three apiece, that's fine. Usually the Kraken lead teams in penalties and penalty minutes. So, you know, that was a positive, at least in my eyes. Uh, Block shots, 13-12 in favor of the Kraken. So these are all things I'm looking at where I'm like, okay, the Kraken are playing just as good as Vancouver, who is the hottest team, arguably, in the NHL right now and definitely have the hottest goalie. How did they lose? Oh, here's a stat. Kraken, 14 giveaways to Vancouver's six. And again, they're getting over doubled up on a statistic where if you lead in this particular category, not great. And there was just some really sloppy play. The game started off great. Like Susie, Susie had a big hit. He had a big hit. He got in the fight early. Guys are getting involved. Things are looking great. And then we had two bad goals back-to-back. Borgen has a turnover really deep in the zone. McCann has a really bad slashing penalty. Um, that leads to that leads to a power play goal for Vancouver. Um, a, a positive thing is Yarn Croak, a beautiful Swede. Um, he had a goal on another beautiful screen <laughs> set by Gord. But it's one of those things, man, where it's like, again, Borgen, um, he had another another turnover behind his own net late in the game. And, um, and, and I coined... The term Kraken shit, and I started tweeting that out also because I was actively drinking wine while watching the game. But the Kraken just always do Kraken shit. And one of the biggest Kraken shit things the Kraken do is they do not let us have anything nice ever for even a minute because I can't even get a fucking tweet out celebrating the goal before the opposing team is already celebrating their own goal. And it happened in this game, uh, 46 seconds. After the Kraken scored, and they did it in the previous game too, by the way. I just didn't talk about it. But 46 seconds uh, after goal in this game, Alexiak and Giordano literally run into each other behind their own net. Uh, Giordano loses his stick, and uh, Vancouver puts one in the back of the net. And I'm just like, this is this is Kraken shit. This is the Seattle Kraken. Just, And it's almost like... It has become a joke, but it's a painful joke. It's like when I'm watching the movie The Joker and he's on stage telling, you know, trying to go over his material and he's the only one laughing. It's really cringy. This is how I feel about cracking shit because it's so painful to watch that whenever they score now, I'm just like, okay, within 60 seconds, the other team is going to get get the goal back, man. And it's so freaking frustrating and at this point i'm just ranting so i'm, I'm going to shut up but cracking shit is real and they have i don't know how they managed to do it but three months into their inaugural season they have a fucking identity and it's not one that i like well hashtag cracking shit i think that's pretty much it's it it's it our, it's our next t-shirt after after, after we get the first t-shirt out with just sweet backy that's cracking shit's the next one but that's that's totally that is totally it. i love that because i mean they even addressed it you know after the game they keep talking about how they they 
that shift after they score a goal, they just completely screw, you know, they shit the bed. They just totally like uh, go, okay, cool. We scored a goal. Now let's just take this next shift off. And then they're, they're getting screwed. They're giving it right back up. So that is a major problem is that, that, that might be coaching right there. That's like, Hey guys, remember, Hey, heads up. Hey, knuckleheads. Hello, McFly. We need you. Okay. Be, we just scored a goal. Be ready to get out there and make sure that uh, they don't score against us here. Our next guy's (laughs) out on the ice. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You know, so maybe that's where Dave Haxel needs to get like, uh, he needs to keep like a, you know, safety pin in his pocket and poke himself before uh, he sends the guys out on the ice after they score a goal. Say, hey guys, we're celebrating here in the arena. We're listening to the uh, Nirvana mashup. Let's go cracking. Don't get lost in the moment here. Please go out there and kick some ass. Thanks. So yeah, you're right. You know when I got scared for this game is before the puck dropped. And I'll tell you why I got scared. And maybe it's something that I noticed for the first time that it's a, a regularity in the NHL, but please tell me if it is or it isn't. Demko is skating out onto the ice, but he's he's right in front of his bench, his bench. And right before he skates out to his to his position, he has like a bag of smelling salts. And it just looks like he's doing a shit ton of blow. And but he's he is he is snorting the fuck out of these salts. And I've never taken the smelling salts. I know that like serious gym people and athletes take them. Apparently it's incredibly brutal, but it makes you on high alert and he is going to town on the smelling salts. And then he skates out like with a fury towards the net and I'm watching him do it. And I'm like, Oh, we're fucked. <laughs> like, 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 is this a normal thing for goalies to do? Like, did anyone else pick up on that? No, um, no, but I've, the smelling salt thing is legit. Oh, it's I real. Wanna, I want to say at one time I, did I guess I would remember it. It's like my son swears that he has gotten stung by a bee uh, and he's never been stung by a bee. So maybe it's the same thing where I'm going like, yeah, yeah, I would I would probably remember smelling smelling salts. I have a memory of smelling a smelling salt, but I, I can't recall it. So I think it's probably just like that whole does that, does that analogy make any sense whatsoever? No, it makes a, it makes a little <laughs> bit of sense. And we need but, to like find a way to because I mean, like if it's working for Demco, like if I'm Haxel, I'm looking at him and I'm like, Every time we score a goal, I'm making the entire freaking team just rip rip from this uh, bag of smelling salts here and waking them up because they're well. asleep behind the wheel, man. And that's why they're giving up goals seconds later. It's almost as if like I am tweeting out, oh, the Kraken scored a goal. And it's almost as if like they're over my shoulder, like helping me tweet it out. And that's how they're getting scored on. Like that's I mean, it's so bad. I've never I just I don't understand it. It's it's so it's almost like a concerted effort on the entire team to give up a goal after it's ultimate cracking shit. Cracking shit is cracking shit, and that that's a coaching thing, and uh, that that's on the cracking to figure that out, and that that absolutely sucks because we we've got to get some leads here, and we got to build on those leads, and we can't just keep going back and forth because it's defeating. Yeah. You know, you're going to, it, it really is all that hard work you put in to score that goal. And then you get that the winds out, out of your sails. And as you've learned is it's such an emotional game and uh, hockey is all about feeding off that emotion and it goes back and forth and you've got to really like own it. You know, the fans feel it, all that sort of stuff. So it's important for us to get there. So um, it, it was a, it was a disappointing game. Um, like you said, statistically, not really that bad for the Kraken compared to the Canucks, but it just wasn't wasn't a good game, and we lose that game five two. Um, there there was though, and I don't know if we should talk about this now because it was the Vancouver, you know, before the Vancouver game mm-hmm. um, when this happened. But I do think this was probably 
the hockey story of the year. Yes. Let's talk about it now. Yeah, I think we should. It, it makes sense. So um, the, the gist of it is this, is uh, the, the first game, you know, the first game at Climate Pledge Arena way back in October, right? October 23rd, That's, Vancouver Canucks. The Vancouver Canucks were in town. And the long story short is a woman in the crowd saw something on the back of Brian Hamilton, who is the Canucks assistant equipment manager. Mm -hmm. He's on the bench. She's behind the bench and she sees something on the back of his neck. And she, she taps on the glass and basically kind of alerts him to this. And what happened after that is what is probably the greatest story, maybe of all time coming from a fan in the NHL, but this was an awesome moment. So Joey, I'll let you kind of explain uh, what happened and also too what happened where the Canucks and the Kraken teamed up to take care of this woman who was a mystery woman until recently. Yeah. A mystery. No more. Now she is a, um, you know, a local Seattle celebrity as she should be. I mean, there should be a fucking day um, in her honor. So her name is Nadia Popovici. And uh, so I actually, you know, you, you segued into this unintentionally. So I do have to ask you, you said all time, even as a fan, in your years of just being a fan of the NHL, growing up, you know, in Detroit, Red Wings, all of that, can you recall a story um, that was associated to or as a result of an NHL game that had such a positive impact like this game with Nadia noticing the mole on Reds on the back of his neck? Uh, I don't. I don't know. There... There have the fan things that I think of uh, are negative stuff. Um, there's funny stuff where fans <laughs> are fighting with, like, you know, fighting with coaches. Um, I, was it Scotty Bowman getting in fights with fans? Like, there was a moment where, like, I think Bob Probert, like, there's like fighters who went into the stands with fans, that sort of stuff. Um, something serious, too, which is tragic, is what led to the netting on the back of the um, glass behind the goals, you know, the netting that goes all the way up and protects uh, the back is actually, there was a little girl who was killed in Columbus. Oh my God. I didn't know uh, that. Yeah. That was like, um, I want to say it was in the mid two thousands or early two thousand. Cause that did not exist until 15 years ago, 10, so 20 years ago. Deflected and went into the stands and it hit a little girl. Yeah, I'm totally. I, I could be wrong on what what happened, and but yeah, it. Um, it I'm pretty sure it killed a young girl, like a ten year old girl. Okay. Well, now that I'm fucking suicidal, Jesus. No, Christ, it's cool. um. But that's why they're there. That's why they're there. And you know, hockey is such a classy sport. Like they always do great things for anything like this that has happened. Okay. Um, but then you know, there's been other there's been other tragic stuff like that. But long story short is super positive things i guarantee you there's a, there's other stories out there but i don't think there's anything as like just made for tv as this thing and it's it's totally awesome and um yeah. you know so like basically like he 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 got she tapped in the glass and wrote a message on her phone yes. right and she this is a, a, in that first game at climate pledge arena and she's she's like the mole in the back of your neck might be cancerous, and she's like twenty two years old, right? So yeah. she's might want uh, to go see a doctor. Like that was literally her entire message. And yeah. and I don't know if you had a chance to read the athletic uh, piece by Ryan Clark and Thomas Trance, but 
they did a really good job of talking about this and the information, a lot of it that I got, I, I pulled from this article, but um, she was so specific in her wording because she was very cognizant of a lot of things. She was cognizant of uh, how, I mean, first off, to have this happen in <laughs> the first ever home game in Kraken history is absolutely insane. And then, so the crowd is going crazy. You know, he's obviously in the middle of work. And so she was like, how do I get his attention without... She was worried about like disrespecting the game. She didn't want to say something. She assumed that he already knew. So she was like, how do I word this to him without coming across like I am being offensive? Also, it's something that's kind of private. So how do I share it with him without, you know, someone else seeing it? And um, I think, you know, the message that she constructed, I think was so perfect. And I don't know, it blows me away because like you said, uh, Hockey is a classic game, and it, what I what I have noticed, and what I really appreciate about the game, like, like the dichotomy between like on ice being like, you know, I'm watching a game against Philly. I'm like, fuck the Flyers. I hate them. Knock their heads <laughs> off. You know, I don't know who this dude is, but he's five foot four, so I'm kick his fucking ass. And then stuff like, uh, you know, even against like Vancouver, where I'm like, what the hell's going on? Cracking, get out of your own way. And uh, you know, we're laying some hits on. I'm like, yeah, cool take these guys out but as the game is being played you know like we i like i will like sport hate somebody but i don't really hate somebody we want good things to happen so for and this is such a classy great move because at the end of the day like we're all people and for her to notice this and put so much thought into the messaging and then again brian hamilton aka red notices it acknowledges that he does and the story is so he goes back home to vancouver he, is, he has a young family, um, and he shares it with his partner. And his partner is the one who encourages him to go do it because he's still kind of waffling on it. And his partner is like, listen, you know, you have this woman who pointed this out to you. You should go in and get this checked out. He goes and gets it checked out uh, by the team doctor and come to find out, like, yes, this is actually cancerous. And because you caught it early, it is in stages where you can get it removed um, and it won't be too intrusive. So he had surgery to have it removed, waited until he got the reports that he was, you know, in the clear, completely negative. And then he was like, I need to figure out how to reach out to this girl because she just saved my fucking life. And I don't know, man, like it's, we've all heard this story a million times already. So I'm sorry if I'm, I'm beating um, no, it's an awesome story here, but it, it's so incredible. And honestly, what blows me away about it is not only her kindness and just her, I don't know, just awareness and compassion and just seeming like, like just honestly, like such a good, wholesome person. But on top of that, like when I watched the video of them meeting up um, before the last game, like they're hugging, she is thanking him for taking the time to look into it and then wanting to meet with her. And then, uh, the Kraken and the Canucks decide to work together um, to give her a total of $10,000 um, for a grant for her to go to medical school, which completely surprises her. Red had no idea they were going to do it. And she like literally fell to her knees and was like sobbing because she, you know, like, I don't know. This is just such a good story. I mean, it's a fucking Hallmark movie happening in front of <laughs> our eyes, but involving hockey. And it's just like, it couldn't have happened to a better person 
I, I want nothing but the greatest, greatest, greatest of things for her. I hope she fucking goes on to just, you know, find the cure for cancer. And he goes on to have, you know, live until he's 100 and raise his kids. And then they grow on, go on to do great things because this is just a great story all around. It is. I think my favorite part about it is, you know, he tweeted on Saturdays and, hey, help me find this really special yes. person. Yes. Uh, this is on um, on New Year's Day. He's like, hey, you know, the game tonight. Help me find this person. And what was awesome about it was she she's a season ticket holder, so she was going to go. But people were calling around trying to find her and track her down. She didn't know that he tweeted it because she was asleep yes. in, in Tacoma because she had been working overnight at a suicide crisis center in Seattle. So she she could not be reached because people were probably like, hey, hey, it's it's you. It's 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 you. You get like a you know, pick up your phone, answer text messages. The Canucks are trying to find you. This is so cool. Uh, meanwhile, she she's sleeping because she was up all night working the suicide crisis hotlines. This woman is a saint. Put a she's statue. An angel. She yeah, is an, an angel. angel. Seriously, put it like retire her. Like the Kraken needs some good PR, and this is it handed to them. They need to retire her jersey immediately. Put her name in the rafters, and I'm. I'm being a little, you know, stupid here, but at the same time, like <laughs> this is something that is such a great story. No, she and just, I, there, we can't, we can't give her enough praise. Oh, and Jeff, by the way, not only was she working overtime for a suicide hotline just to help out people, so she didn't go to bed until fucking four in the morning. She also worked Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and she said that the holidays are a difficult time for people who are facing challenges with being lonely and homelessness, and for the elderly and for those who have lost family over the years. That's the kind of person that we are dealing with here with here. And it's it's I don't know. Again, we can't um, I don't know. It's hard to wrap my mind around that. They're like such I don't know. Maybe we've been surrounded by it and we just hear about so much negativity in the world 24 seven. Right. Right. Like it's like, oh, covid this and everything's yeah. negative that yeah. 2021 right. sucked. And it's like, yeah, I, I get it. Like we're all living in it, too. And then you hear a story like this, you're like, holy shit, man, like there's really good people out there doing really good things and not doing it because she wants anything. She was just right. doing what was right in the moment. This is a genuine story and it all played out how it should. And she deserves everything in the world. And then some, well, I was saying that, man, I just want a good, I want a good vibe from watching these hockey games. And even though the Canucks kind of, I'm sorry with the Kraken kind of, you know, laid one, laid an egg against the Canucks. Like this is such a feel good story. It's, you know, it's making me feel good about this team. And uh, I'm also too, I'm looking at the file photo right now of her, um, Nadia with uh, Brian Hamilton yeah. from the Canucks. And I'm pretty sure she's wearing a turbo Jersey. I'm seeing a three. Oh no, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So not only was she wearing a turbo Jersey, it's not like, Oh yeah. Now you're cool too. On top of all of that, like you're rocking oh. turbo gear. Oh, and then on Jeff, on top of that, She's on fucking. Top of that. She is the female version of Doogie Howser. Like she literally, so she graduated high school when she was 16 years old with her associate's degree, and then she graduated from the University of Washington, great university, at 19 with a bachelor's degree in science. The only reason why she's 22 and in med school right now is because she took three years off to volunteer and to shadow and to work in research labs from 19 to 22. She is literally like a combination Dougie Hauser prodigy angel person who happens. Um, her stepdad actually is a retina surgeon. He's the one that has the season tickets and that's the reason why she was there. She, so basically the Seattle Kraken no. have like an angel Dougie Hauser um, combination oh. 
sitting behind the opposing bench. And honestly, you know what? Give, they should give her season tickets for the rest of her life. And I'm not even I'm not being hyperbolic about that. They literally need to do that. No, what what we need to we need to do is like literally like man, we just got the news. We got the news that uh, man Tanev's out. He's just devastating uh, ACLs, knees ripped to treads. What are we gonna do, guys? It's, Call Nadia. Call Nadia. Nadia. Like she like like she comes in and she like hovers her hand over his knee and he's like, What are you doing? And he's got this like the wide eye, like the the turbo, like why, like, what are you doing? What's this like what's this crazy lady doing? Like he doesn't know anything about it because he's been knocked out. Yeah, he has since. no idea. Who Nadia is. He he's like knocked out. He has no he's not paying attention. He's been knocked out. And she like she's like obviously now she's the Kraken uh medical angel. She comes in, she like hovers her hands over his knee. With his two knees, hands like in the movies. Yeah, like starts to glow, right? With like a not and not like a orange, like warm glow, like a kraken blue from the depths glow. And he's like, What? Oh, oh my god, no. what is she doing? And then she's like, just wait. And then the next thing it's like, you know, all of a sudden, like and then like almost like a misty uh kraken octopus like wraps around his leg like a hug, and then like he's like, What? What? And he like stands up and he like he walks off the bed and then like the funny part of it is as he's walking away like he's got the gown where his like butt cracks hanging out but that is totally what needs to happen like she needs to get over there and be the kraken angel of mercy this is like the medical angel of mercy that's what her nickname should be she needs a jersey with that on the back season tickets retire her number whatever it is she's awesome this is a yeah. great thing yeah all oh, i i Nailed it, man. That that um God, I wish I wish that could happen. I want it to happen so bad because you know what? After she put her two hands over Tanev and she brought his ACL back to life without surgery and he was good to go, she would thank him for being for being such a willing participant because she's that good of a person because she's a literal Dickie Hauser slash prodigy slash angel person who happens to be a Seattleite slash Kraken fan. And then she so wouldn't even linger for existing. Thank you for yeah. existing. Jesus. She wouldn't even linger to like ask for his jersey to get signed because she's like, I gotta go, no. I gotta go. Cause she just heard no. like in her head, she just heard an alert from like two floors yeah. down. Like somebody well, has to go volunteer at like a crisis prevention line because you know, somebody else had a bad night and she felt the need to be there for them. Yeah. There was a, puppy, a hungry, a hungry puppy at a soup kitchen. So, um, <sighs> This God, lady, I'm, I'm such a piece of shit compared to her. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I mean seriously, we're being like, positive, man. Brony being like, Nadia, you fucking, <laughs> you are literally an angel, and I'm getting drunk talking about hockey. how can we get a sponsor for this podcast <laughs> so we can make an extra couple hundred bucks so we can buy a ticket to a cracking game. Meanwhile, she's out there, she's Nadia. She's just like, how can I get some more money to like give to people? <laughs> like, <She's, laughs> She says, we are heathen. Now we're just, we started off so positive. Now we're just feeling like shit. Yeah, now uh, I'm just like, I'm a piece of shit. Nadia is an actual. All right, let's move on to talking about what could have been with the Seattle Kraken. And we've got a whole bunch of games postponed. We were supposed to play the Islanders this week, the Senators, the Jets, all teams that we need to play because they all kind of suck and they're all postponed. So on, I don't on. know. I don't know when that's going to happen. February, possibly. Our next possible game that is not postponed is January 10th against the Colorado Avalanche. My dad's birthday, January 10th. So I know that's going to be a win. Um, you know, that that we lost that game. We, we lost the game to the Avalanche earlier in the year, 7-3. They have not stopped scoring goals. They still score goals like crazy. Um, they're still a really good team. You know, but can you even preview a game that's, you know, a week away with, with possibly no hockey in between. Like, what are we no, going to get? You like, really can't. 
if I if I have to share one thing, I will say, yeah, they're really freaking good at this point in time. Uh, the Avs are 18, eight and two. Like you mentioned, the previous matchup, the Kraken lost seven, three. They put up so many goals on us so fast. In fact, this was the game that you and I were talking about where we thought Grubauer was going to get the start against his former team. He, in fact, did not. Drigger got, got the start and he gave up four goals on 13 shots. Um, Haxtell pulled him pretty quickly. There was uh, at the five minute and 33 second mark in the second period, uh, Grubauer came in and then he gave up three goals. So long story short, the abs are scoring goals. We're giving up goals. It's not a good combination. Hopefully in the next week, now that we've had three freaking games canceled, the Kraken can figure it out because the abs are a damn good team and it's on the road. Yeah, I know. It's going to be tough. Uh, again, but I don't know what to say. I don't know what we're going to get. Um, you know, maybe there's a lot of practice that's going to go on. Well, are they even playing? Are the Kraken even pl- be able to practice right now? Like, what's the deal? I see. I, I mean, as of as of today, so we are recording this on Monday, um, Monday night. And uh, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, they're still have access to the the Kraken Iceplex and whatnot, the the practice facility. Who knows? Uh, anything can change. We could wake up tomorrow morning and see a tweet from whoever that the the facility has been shut down and so and so is in COVID protocol. So that's just kind of the way things are now. We're just rolling with the punches, as is the organization. But yeah, they have a week to figure it out. They have a very tough matchup in Denver, and I hope they can figure. I don't know, figure something out to make this game at least a little bit competitive. Because again, the Avs are a very, very good team, as they have demonstrated earlier by beating the living crap out of the Kraken. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm. What's funny is I was trying to search to see like what's the latest, uh, like right now in the moment news about the Kraken and COVID and stuff like that. And ironically enough, like anytime you search Seattle Kraken, all you get in the past week is uh, stories about Nadia and uh, the the Canucks assistant uh, equipment manager. So it's hard to find anything about it. Yeah, Dougie um, Hauser, Angel, Angel Baby. Yep, as she, <laughs> as she should. As she but should. yeah. You know, so we're going to make those games up um, and hopefully we come in to, you know, something positive against the uh, the avalanche in Colorado, which will be super tough. So, of course, we're walking into somebody else's barn going like, what the hell's going on? So this comes back to is like we've got so many questions, so many things that we need to have fixed, you know, goaltending um, defensively. You know, we're just kind of, you know, still a, a little all over the place. Um, we really don't know how to. Uh, I think manage the flow of the game very well, you know, and how do you respond to things? But these are all things that you, you kind of learn as a team over the season. And again, I think this season has been so inconsistent and so weird and so new that there's just so much, so much to learn. So we can't, we can't, we can't haul off on, on Haxtell. Um, We can't, you know, ask him to get the hell out of here. Um, we were talking about some contracts and that sort of stuff and on Twitter and, and, you know, he's, he's around for a while. Give the, he's got, give the guy a year or two, at least two years and, uh, hopefully no COVID next year. So we don't have to deal with that. So, uh, I'm with you. You know what I would like to see? I would like to see Eberly get going again because I don't know if I, I made the joke that Brandon Tanev's ghosts, um, have, have kind of moved around to other different, you know, to different players on the team. And perhaps one of them is Eberly because he hasn't really been able to get it going. Uh, the game against Vancouver, 
he had a hell of a shot that just happened to hit the bar and just miss what would have been a really, really clutch goal uh, in that moment. So between him and Don Skoy, who I feel like is officially haunted. Um, so we got to <laughs> yeah, get true. we got to get Tanev's ghost calm the fuck down. We got to get Eberly going again. And again, man, you know, there's a week for the Kraken to, you know, continue to get guys healthy, continue to get guys out of COVID protocol, continue to figure out their lines and, uh, and really put together a hell of a game plan for the Colorado avalanche. You know who I'm going to say is going to be our, I, I want to see you. You said Ebbs. We love Yanni Gord and what he's doing. Um, I really want to see Jaden Schwartz and Jared McCann. You know, yeah. Like those, God, them together is so fun. It's they're so so, fun. so good, and I, I kind of like. And they're, you know, they sneakily, and all all the Kraken top players have like, you know, Turbo. You know, if we're really talking about stats, like Turbo is like, you know, a a team guy. He's a you know a spark plug. People love him, right? Um, but you know, he's sixth or seventh on the team in scoring right now. Ebbs is number one with uh, yeah. twenty two and, and a horrendous negative seventeen plus minus. Holy smokes! Um, and but Jaden Schwartz and, and Jared McCann, you know, I'll never forget watching them in the preseason, going like, "Whoa, these two together! Holy shit!" And I feel like I haven't seen like that magic happen too much in, in the regular season so far. So. I, I would like to see those two really turn it on here in this second half. That that's who I'm I'm leaning on. So if we get Ebb, Schwartzy, and McCann, you know, going, that's a great thing, right? So we I'm need with that. You, man. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100 percent on that. I think I said before that uh it was a Schwartz and McCann sounds like the injury law firm that I won on my side after I get into a fender bender on the interstate. So if we can get those guys going, then sign me up. We spend a lot of time talking about role players and maybe we're not spending a, a, enough time talking about the big guys that need to be scoring. So like let's yeah. put some pressure on Eb, these three guys. I mean, these are our top three guys um, for when it comes to scoring. So like, let's, let's get it going. You know, I, we talk about like Don Scoy, you know, Vince Dunn, Ryan Donato, Giordano, like defenseman, nonetheless, Yanni Gord. Right. But we don't talk enough about these guys. So that's it. I think we, let's put the gas you know, to, to put it to the floor, we need these three, our three big guns, to really start lighting it up here in the second half. So that's that's what I'm going to preview for the second half as we uh, kind of move on and, and get going again. So I want to see those guys get going. I'm with you, brother. You nailed it. That's it. Yeah. All right. So pretty solid, epic rant in your crack and reaction. Um, I paused there just for a second to give me some time. You're good. Another awesome episode this week so far. We're having some fun, even though we don't have too much hockey to look forward to. But there is hockey still going on. There are teams still playing, all right? And that means a great deal for you, thanks to our sponsors, DraftKings. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NHL that you've got an amazing offer right now, right? You new customers, you bet $1 on any NHL game and you win $100 in free bets. If either team scores. So that's a given because there, you know, hasn't been a zero zero tie uh, in the league since 2005 when ties were eliminated. So this is going to happen. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, don't worry about it. You can play for huge cash prizes all season long. 
with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. There's lots of cool stuff to do. DraftKings is giving away uh, all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the promo code THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network. That's THPN. Throw down a dollar on any NHL game and you get 100 in free bets. That's it. If they score a goal, that and they will, right? That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. So thank you very much, DraftKings. Or call Nadia because she can solve all your issues. Oh, dude, she probably like, oh, maybe like she should totally start. You know, one of the remember back in the day before all these cool things like DraftKings were around and all this awesome access to betting. Like if you really were into betting, like you'd have to call those degenerate um, (laughs) phone numbers to get like the like call right now for the lock. Call right now for the lock. What if she started a lock line like Nadia's lock line and she just like, you know, she would just predict everything correctly. Right. So well, like, she would never have this thought because she's a genuine, wholesome person. <laughs> and we're like, how can we cash in? <laughs> but I'm True. With she, how, can, Nadia, how can we extort you? Come on the podcast. <laughs> no, what if she did that? What if she like, what if she was like, call my lock line? I'm going to give you the locks of the century. You're going to win so much money. And you're like, yeah, 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 sweet. And you call. She's like, actually, I just want to talk to you about how you could actually help somebody in your neighborhood there's a w- old woman in your neighborhood who like is on her deathbed and go knock on her door and like she would know You're, like yeah every- no she so, would like, know yeah it's like yeah. uh she would have like the the vibes going on like bruce willis and unbreakable she would just know when bad shit's about to go down and then you would call and she'd be like oh joey um you know actually um this isn't a betting thing i heard that uh, the holidays were a little rough for you and that you had to quarantine due to covid you want to talk about that and i would say naughty how'd you know my name i didn't even give you that information and then we would go from there (laughs) we just we need more people like her please 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 we could talk about her forever just have a she we will have a a spinoff podcast called what's cracking with nadia and that's just it Just life updates. She's like, uh, I'm in class, guys. Please stop calling me. <laughs> What's going on? I got to, yeah. We have, then we have uh, the uh, restraining orders and stuff like that going on. Oh my god! All right, let's get to let's get the no dumb questions. Here's the deal: our podcast. Obviously, we are hockey fans. There's a lot that we don't know about hockey, and there's a lot of people out there who are new to hockey. And if you're one of those people, never feel dumb about any question you might have, because we may or may not know the answer, but we're going to try our best to answer it for you. So every week through Twitter, follow at Kraken Pod or Facebook or wherever else you can reach us. If you've got a question about hockey and you can't find a, a proper answer, please ask us and we will answer it in something we call No Dumb Questions. So what is this week's No Dumb Question question, Joey? Well, so this is a combination of the way Nadia handled um, asking the question to Red, or actually, sorry, not the question, but you know, sending him the message um, about what she thought was a concerning mole. Turned out she she was right in the middle of a game, and her kind of cognizance around what was going on and and uh, the game experience, and also some early fan tweets and kind of things that I saw regarding people's behavior in game. That being said, the question this week is. 
what Jeff is proper fan protocol while attending a game. What should I as an NHL noob look out for while I am attending a game so where I don't, you know, disrupt the experience or unintentionally, um, you know, be disrespectful towards the game and the people that are watching it. So I, uh, I have not been to an NHL game or really a hockey game in years. Uh, the last time I actually watched a hockey game in person may have been some minor league stuff back in 2012, 2011. Um, and, you know, before the, the podcast tonight, we were talking about this a little bit and Joey kind of helped to remind me about, yeah, there are some things at NHL games and hockey games in particular um, that you do have to keep in mind to make sure that you're being a proper fan. And one of those big things is um, getting up and moving around while the puck is in play. Um, It is something that I, and this brought back memories of like going to Red Wings games and that sort of thing is, you know, when the puck is moving around, you really aren't supposed to get up and move around much. Like if all of a sudden you get, you really got to go and you just got to go hit the head, then sure, obviously. Right. Um, But like, if you're getting up because like you got a hanker in for, you know, some popcorn or need a fresh beer. While a fresh beer is definitely something that is a dire situation. Um, you've got to wait till there's a whistle. You know, once there's a whistle and there's a stoppage in play, get up and run out. And I do remember too is, uh, and you see this with lots of things. Um, if you go to live sports is, you know, you're coming back. If the game is in play, if the event's back in play, sometimes those ushers will stop you from walking back down um, in front of everybody, that sort of thing. But in hockey, it's kind of like a self-policing thing. Don't be the person who's constantly getting up and moving around while the puck's in action. Because people are, you know, it's a fast-moving game, and things happen so quickly, you can miss something super quick. And one goal or one play can lead to a lot of different things. So, you know, if you haven't been to a Kraken game yet, you're listening to this and you're going to a Kraken game, or you're going to go see, you know, the Kraken come, you know, maybe you don't live in Seattle and you're going to see them soon in a city near you. And you're going to your first NHL game is uh, kind of keep, keep note of that. Like look around and watch. So that's, that's a big thing right there. Okay. So I have to ask you, what would you, what is protocol for sitting up against the glass? Like what is the proper times to bang on it? When is it not? Because I have seen, a lot of stuff on social media about people banging on the glass at inopportune times. It's something that I notice happens a lot throughout a game. Is there a proper time to do it? When is that? When is that proper time? Like if I'm fortunate enough to go to a cracking game and have really good seats, um, I don't want to be that jerk who thinks he's, you know, doing something that's appropriate. Meanwhile, everyone's like, Oh, this guy, you know, first time sitting here. I remember my first beer. I, I, <laughs> I have never sat on the glass uh, okay. at, at a game. So I really, I bet you if, if we Googled this, we could find out. That's a great question because that is something when watching a game. Um, and you can kind of, you can kind of tell like there's now that we talk about this. If you, if you are listening still to this podcast, you know, you watch hockey games, you're going to start noticing. Sometimes there are fans that just constantly bang on the glass. And I think eventually even ushers will will walk up and say, Hey, knock it off. Um, but like if there's action in front of you and let's say, you know, there's an opposing player right there on the glass and you give it a couple of smacks and say something like, I think that's, I think that's understandable, but you can tell, you know, if you watch enough hockey, you can, you can start to hear the same old fan, you know, knocking 
on the glass repeatedly and way too much. And even on TV, you'll get annoyed and go, that person, that those people need to stop banging on the glass. This must be their first game ever. It's like, you know, you're at the aquarium and you're banging on the glass trying to get some shark's attention. Uh, that's not the way to go. Just look at the shark, you know, like, don't do that. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a common sense thing, probably more than anything. And I don't know if I would bang on the glass at all. Uh, if I were sitting on the glass, like I'd be so pumped and fired up, but like, I, I don't know, like, maybe if I was, I was like, so, you know, I'm, I'm a 42 year old man. Uh, I would like to think that I wouldn't be so, uh, you know, fired up uh, sitting there when a, a hockey player is right, you know, right in front of me with, you know, a couple inches of, of plexiglass uh, separating us that I wouldn't be so geeked out that I would just like jump up and start smashing the glass going, you motherfucker, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I'd like to think that I'm a little classier than that, but I don't know. I mean, I could be fired up. I could be so, you know, um, you know, obviously if I'm sitting on the glass, I probably just, you know, bought a helicopter too and, and totally landed on the roof of climate, pl- climate pledge and decided to come down and, and sit with the, uh, you know, the commoners in the, in the, uh, in the glass and the glass section, that sort of thing. So like, obviously I would like just, you know, have uh, billions of dollars, which I don't, that's what I'm trying to say here, but like, um, I, I wouldn't do it. I don't think I would do it. So long story short, banging on the glass. I don't know the proper protocols for that. I don't really like it that much i think if it's done respectfully occasionally it's fun and it it makes sense um you know the playoffs you'll hear a lot of that sort of thing but um i don't know i'm not the biggest uh fan of of that i'm not gonna lie i can kind of picture myself being a glass banger between the excitement and consuming multiple adult beverages (laughs) now i i will say though that i would also go out of my way to try to be as respectful to the game as possible. But if there was, I don't know, a skirmish happening right in front of me, it'd be really hard for me not to get a couple of bangs on that, on that glass. And I did actually Google it while you were, um, you know, breaking it down as you so eloquently did. And from what I can see, the answer is no, you do not, you do not bang on the glass um, ever uh, try to avoid it at all costs. Certainly don't wear a ring while you do it. Apparently that's a big no, no. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I would, but again, it, you know, if I've had, if I've had six, you know, middle lights and there's a fight break going down in front of me and, uh, it'd be really hard not for me to give that glass, a, you know, a couple of slaps. So who knows, who knows, pay, pay attention. Cause I, I want to say like the stereotypes true, but the cities that are going to be known as like the, you know, the party cities or the cities filled with fans that are just notoriously, you know, shitty. Um, you hear more glass banging going on. Philly, Boston, you know, Interesting. Like, think it, it like, and maybe it's just kind of like, obviously like I've got some sort of deep seated issues with this, with uh, the hockey and there's certain fan bases that I just don't like, which is, you know, Nadia would not be that way. Um, but I am. And, I think that I need to maybe I need to relook at that, but I I do feel like, you know, some of those bigger, you know, cities like maybe Las Vegas, you know, like I I bet in Las Vegas a lot of um newer fans go because, you know, it's Las Vegas and it's a cool thing to go see. Obviously it's a great team, so it's a huge attraction. So I would I would be willing to bet that there's a lot of like non-hockey fans that go see a game 
in Las Vegas. So I'm wondering if Las Vegas might get a lot of people banging on the glass. Plus they've been drinking all night at the, you know, free casino booze at the slots. So, you know, that's a really great question. I, I probably would not be that guy. Um, there's some other things that, you know, too, like to be respectful of when it comes to being a fan out there heckling. Are you a heckler? Do you heckle? Like if you go to a sporting event and you are uh, the home team and you see somebody else like in an opposing team jersey, do you say something? Are you that that guy? Are you one of those people no, that like, I, hey, you get the hell out of there? No, I'm I'm more of like uh, the things that are on my mind. I express verbally, but it's in no way directed at any players. It's more like a, oh, what the fuck? Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Um, those will definitely. Right. Uh, sneak out from time to time, but overall, I'm just I tend to be more of an observer. I can tell you though, the last time the New Orleans Pelicans were in the playoffs, I went to game four and it was against the Portland Trail Blazers, and it was the game yeah. that uh, the Pelicans ended up sweeping the Blazers. And uh, that game was chippy, there was a lot of a lot of uh, pushing and shoving and tempers kind of being thrown around on the floor, yeah. and I was three sheets to the win. I'm not going to lie. I pregame that game pretty fucking hard. I went in trying not to black out. I didn't, fortunately, but I was watching the game pretty intoxicated. And uh, I remember, not my proudest moment, but I was, you know, yelling a lot at the game, like, oh, come on, blah, 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 normal stuff. And um, a lot of moments where people were standing up and kind of trying to get the teams to, you know, like fight with each other and whatnot. And I'm doing that. So at one point, I hear someone yelling at me to sit down. So it's stadium seating and I'm like sitting in the corner on the lower level. Someone's yelling at me to sit down. I don't, you know, I don't register who's yelling at me, whatever. And uh, I turn around and I'm like, Hey, everyone else is standing up right now too. So if you want to tell me to sit down, why don't you stand the fuck up? Turns out I was yelling at a grandma. She was there with her grandkid. Um, now, I will say that her grandkid was an adult. This person, this woman <laughs> appeared to be in her 20s. And after I instinctively yelled that and then immediately felt bad, I actually had the entire section around me start clapping for me because they they were actually in support of me calling her out because apparently she had been telling people to sit down all game. And everyone's like, what do you mean? Like the whole arena is standing up. Like if if you don't want to be in a position, then you should be on your on your fucking couch, Grandma. Like you should be on your couch watching the game. Like don't come to the game and then get mad when you can't see. So I don't know that what to tell is, you. Not my proudest moment. But it no, but it's it's just true. It, like we're we're talking about calling out people who are kind of being jerks um, to people in the crowd, but that is a big deal. Is like don't go to live events. Go don't go to sporting events and not expect things like that to happen. Uh, you know, like the one person who's sitting down because they don't want to get off their fat ass uh, to stand up when everybody else stands up, like, oh, sit down, like people at, at concerts, like, at con you know, like you go to a concert, like if I want to get up and like start grooving around or whatever, you know, like embarrass myself by, you know, uh, acting like I can dance because I've had a few beers, um, <laughs> you know, so be it. Like, and if we're in the nosebleeds and somebody's like, oh, sit down, I can't see. He's like, we're at a damn concert, man. So like. I fully back you on that. It's like you're in the it's game four. Things are getting chippy. And by the way, the Pelicans are about to get their only playoff win ever, their series win ever. So of course you can be fired up about that. Okay, another hypothetical. You're you are at your first Kraken game and you're down there, like, you know, relatively close to the ice. Puck flips up over the glass. 
and you're pretty tall, dude. You reach up, snatch the puck, lands uh-huh. gloriously in your hand. You can still feel the cold ice upon it, right? And you actually feel uh-huh. the weight of this puck. This puck is like, you know, wow, I caught a hockey puck. You, you bring it down, you look at it, and you kind of look down to your side, and there is like this little girl with puppy dog eyes because she wanted to catch that puck. Are you going to take that moment, look at the puck, look at her, look at the puck, look at her? Are you keeping no hesitation. it to her? There's no hesitation. I'm shoving that puck in my pocket. And listen, I'll tell you right now, <laughs> there's a good chance that this is What if is it's my child? What if it's my child specifically? Oh, but I'm, I'm going to look at you and be like, where are you on this Buy catch, puck, Dad? Dad. Where are you? <laughs> like, don't get mad at me. Get mad at your dad for not making this catch. And I will tell you something. I will tell you something right now. And you know this. People uh, from Louisiana or living in New Orleans, like you and I currently do, the greater New Orleans area, or people that have attended Mardi Gras in general. I've been to many a Mardi Gras. And the one thing that I have perfected over the years is my drunken ability to throw one hand up when I got a good throw or as beads coming my way and be able to one hand snag that shit and while i am doing it i usually yell something out like odell beckham or something along those lines and i snag it out of the air and i rip it down and i take it so all i'm telling people that go to that go to cracking games are is you know if 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 me and jeff are going there watch out because we've been practicing this move for years we've done many a mardi gras this shit is par for the course if a puck comes flying over the pet the plexiglass Within our vicinity, I promise you, and I'm six foot three, I'm going to shoot my arm up, and there's a good chance I'm going to bare hand grab that bitch. Now, if I'm going to hand it to a kid, if it's your kid, your kid's getting the puck. If it's a kid I don't know, sorry, rando kid, that puck's going in my pocket. Thanks for coming out to the game. You know, come down to Mardi Gras when you're an adult, maybe you'll understand. Well, I, dude, that that is, though, like a uh, Mardi Gras. As a transplant, it's a very um, real thing. People pride themselves on their ability to like snag throws. I mean, like it's legitimate competition. It gets it gets wild out there. You gotta be ready now. But that is kind of like you know, like if you're catching like little throw, you know, like footballs and beads and stuff, and you got and you're like you're just stacked in it. You got kids next to you with nothing, and you're not giving them anything. I mean, that's you're gonna go to hell, man. That's that's wrong, Joey. (laughs) If you're not gonna use your skills for good, holding a puck. In my dead hands, <laughs> I may be in hell, but check out this uh, from, the, from the Kraken Ottawa game. <laughs> before we move, before we move on from uh, from no dumb questions with this too, I should, you know, what we should totally do, which we won't do, uh, but we should do, is can we get like some a Kraken jersey in the Mardi Gras colors, or like oh, some man. sort of a Kraken Mardi Gras shirt. Wouldn't that be cool if we that represented it? We need to figure, I don't know, man. I feel like that's too expensive of a, of a clothing item to wear during Mardi Gras. Like you're just asking for trouble, but I like where your head's at with it though. Or a t-shirt, you know, do we just totally yeah, like, like go like gorilla and go like, you know, like bootleg and just throw a Kraken logo on a, like a, on a purple shirt, you know, I'm into like, it. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Yeah. We le- legally, we will not do that, but, but illegally, what if we did that? You know what I mean? Like, so anyway, I'm just saying we should th- we should think about that for Mardi Gras. Are you planning to attend Mardi Gras this year? Yeah, man, I don't I don't miss Mardi Gras for anything. I'm I'm we're what three days away from King Cake season. Like I'm I'm freaking ready, man. I'm starting to oh, stretch. Yeah. Like it's it's oh, going down. I am it, it fully is. fully like I say 
usually when I go into Mardi Gras, I say, I'll see y'all on the other side. And then I disappear yeah. for like a good eight days. Then I come out like a shell of a man and, uh, you know, try to get my life back we do too. My wife is a lieutenant in Cleopatra, which is on first Friday. So like we start early and we go the whole time, even with the kids. So we're into it. So uh, anyway, somehow we've, we've taken the uh, puck catching and the, uh, the fan etiquette from no dumb questions and turned that into Mardi Gras. So I think we should move on. And I wanted to quickly kind of talk in hockey history um, about to put things in perspective as to where we stand with Dave Haxtell as our head coach. And we've talked about him in the past and his, his, his past uh, of being a coach with the flyers and, and his history in college hockey. And, you know, his pedigree is pretty, pretty decent. Like the flyers. Okay. Not so good. But anyway, I did want to put in perspective. Let's talk about some of the worst coaches in NHL history. So Joey, are there any, names that you know of do you know any hockey coaches some nhl coaches like you could like name a legendary nfl coach go oh man I, the sad the sad part is the first person that popped into my mind was john madden rest in uh, peace no rest in peace yeah, Rip. i'm going i'm going john madden but uh shout okay. out to john madden because uh, so he, easy he, he was football and he will always be football there's, and that's exactly right. Great thought, and I agree. Um, also, video games. Thank you, sir. Um, but, uh, you know, like, it's hard maybe for somebody who's newer into hockey to think of, like, any famous names. Are there, are there any hockey coaches that, you you know, no, Literally nothing, not, huh? Nothing yeah. comes to mind, no. I got, so I got Dave Axel and nothing, which is a, apparently a pretty <laughs> fucking low barometer to have, so sorry. <laughs> I didn't Google who the, you know, like, the greatest hockey coaches of all time, but there's... There's a bunch of them out there. Um, you know, the, the Montreal Canadiens of the 70s were, um, you know, like they won like eight Stanley Cups in the 70s, something like that. Jeez. No wonder yeah, why so there's like fucking obnoxious. Yeah, there's like they, they've, they've, they haven't won the Stanley Cup. They, the Canadians won the Stanley Cup last in 1993 with Patrick Waugh. And I, I think they have the most Stanley Cup still. Like they, and they hadn't won it in um, many years from there. So, like, basically, like their run in the 50s, 60s, 70s. I think they have like 23 Stanley cups and they've only won one in the past, like 40 years. I think that's how good they were. Um, so like, you know, famous, famous coaches, Scotty Bowman uh, was a fantastic coach for the red wings, but for the Pittsburgh penguins and just, um, all that sort of stuff. But so let's talk about some of the, some of the worst. Okay. Because Dave Haxel's all right. So, um, <laughs> I, I, I picked out five here. Um, and something that I want to start off with is, is, which was kind of cool is, did you know, Joey, that Wayne Gretzky was a, a head coach for several I years. I actually do have a vague memory of him being a head coach. Now, for what team, I cannot recall, but I did remember that. I didn't want to say um, his name when you threw out there, hey, do you know anybody that was a, a, an NHL head coach? So, you know, now it's uh, it's been verified. So Wayne Gretzky was a coach. Uh, uh, he was a head coach of the Phoenix Coyotes uh, from oh, 2005 to 2009. His overall record was, he's about 500, 143 wins and 161 losses. Um, and he never made the playoffs. Um, he eventually, you know, left coaching and left the team. He was part owner of the team too, which was a little sketch. So that's when he kind of like, you know, got out of there. And obviously the, the coyotes still have some sketchiness about them too, with the, you know, the money they own all that sort of stuff. But Wayne Gretzky, amazing, amazing player, 
no doubt the best hockey player of all time. Doesn't matter what era you're in as far as a coach goes. Not so good. So Wayne's on that list, unfortunately. So I thought that was kind of Basically, neat. He pulled like, like if so Michael Jordan, he is a, you know, an owner of Charlotte. So basically Gretzky did that same move, but also was a coach of the team. So if Jordan was the coach and the owner of Charlotte, that's, a, that's exactly what Gretzky did with Arizona. Yeah, pretty much. That's exactly right. He was bad yeah. and he, he was around for a few years, but um, he, he left after that. So um, moving on. The Avalanche, uh, Tony Granato, you know, was a fantastic NHL player. His uh, he comes from a great family. The Granato family is uh, one of the elite hockey families. His sister is one of the greatest um, female hockey players of all time, Cami Granato. Um, But he was the head coach of the Colorado Avalanche. um, Really, all in all, for three years, but he was the assistant coach for like eight or nine years. So like he basically was with the team for 10 years and many believe that he was kind of a curse to the Colorado avalanche because in that time, the avalanche had, they had come off winning a couple of Stanley cups, but then like in the mid two thousands, early 2000, mid two thousands, they were still a great team, um, but they just couldn't get it done. They could not, get to the Stanley cup, kind of like the San Jose sharks had a huge run of being one of the best teams in the NHL, but couldn't um, win a Stanley cup. And that was like really up until about three years ago, um, they were that team. But anyway, like Tony Granato had under his watch, Joe Sackick, Peter Forsberg, Paul Korea, Tamu Solani, Rob Blake, Chris Drury, like Milan Hayduk, Adam foot, like all those names right there to like, to me, Joey, like that's, that's my wheelhouse of hockey nostalgia, mid two thousands, like all those names right there. Some of the best, like Joe Sackick is the current GM of the Colorado avalanche. I'm pretty sure he's the GM. Um, Joe Sackick was one of the best players of all time. Um, Steve Eisman's a huge, uh, one of my favorite players of all time. Uh, you know, current Red Wings GM, one of the greatest uh, Red Wing players of all time, Steve Eisman, both number 19s. Joe Sackick, I hated the Avalanche, but Joe Sackick was somebody that I always loved. His wrist shot was amazing. This is back in the day when uh, composite sticks were just kind of coming into the into the forefront of stick technology. Um, so basically, he had a wicked wrist shot with a wooden stick, um, which is like you know using that's a, insane. There's no flexibility. Right. So like, there's not much flexibility there. There was, but not like now, like the composite sticks, which are basically fiberglass are made to be like whips. And, um, Joe Sackick, just one of the most fiercest wrist shots of all time. So like, I know we're not talking about Joe Sackick as a coach, Tony Granado. Um, he was the head coach from, uh, after being an assistant from 2002, uh, through 2004 and they made playoffs and then he was assistant for a while. And then he came back as the head coach and he just, he just, he, he never helped them do anything. So Colorado avalanche fans, I'd like to hear from them to, you know, have their take on it. But if you really look at his record, he, he, he kind of wasted away some good years for the avalanche. So Tony Granado is one of those guys. Um, and you know, look again, keep this in perspective, Seattle Kraken fans. This was a cool story. I thought Ned Harkness, I, I really didn't know much about this story, but, uh, he was the coach of the Detroit Red Wings back in 1970 for, for one year. 
Um, he was awesome. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was a coach at Cornell. Um, and he was awesome in the college ranks, but when he got called up to coach the Red Wings, um, he was not good at all. And there's a story apparently out there. I think this is from, um, gosh, uh, Bleacher Report, I think. And this old school defenseman for the Red Wings, his name is Gary Bergman. He told this story. I'm just going to read it verbatim about how when he knew the Red Wings were going to be in trouble, he showed up at my house that summer and he starts rearranging the furniture in my front room, using them as hockey players. And he was trying to sell me on his hockey vision and theories. And my wife looked in, saw the room and said, no. And he said, I knew we were in trouble then. So <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. Oh, so that, that was, that's uh that's not a way to connect with your, uh, with your players. Uh, do you know the name Barry Melrose? Dude, yeah, Barry Melrose. And again, come from somebody that is very new to the NHL. Um, I grew up, again, sans NHL, but I grew up watching him on, you know, like Sports Center with like Steve Levy and all those guys. And I just remember him, him having the, the best hair, like completely slick back, silver fox going, uh, sil uh, just rocking the suit. And um, also just a badass. Like he was always a guy that covered ESPN's hockey coverage and everyone there loved him. And apparently he's a badass. I do know that he coached. I don't know anything else uh, aside from that. So by all means, feel free to continue educating me. Uh, Barry Melrose is great. He's beautiful. Uh, people still want to hate on John Butchergross, uh, but I love John Butchergross. So it's just people who just don't, don't know what the glory was of, um, you know, the, the NHL broadcast back in the day with Barry and John Bucciagross, but John uh, uh, Barry Melrose, he actually coached the Kings, the LA Kings um, to their Stanley cup final appearance against the Canadiens. I mentioned that earlier in the, in the podcast in 93, mm -hmm. they played in and Wayne Gretzky played with the Kings um, against the Canadiens. They lost. So uh, he was their coach, uh, which is awesome. So he coached the Kings for like a couple of years. Then he got fired, but um, he had this weird moment in, uh, Tampa Bay in 2008, 2009. And uh, cause he was the coach of the Kings back in like the early nineties. And then he was the analyst and then he got hired to coach the, the, the lightning called him and said, Hey, we need a coach. And, uh, he did, he showed up and he wrote in his book how weird it was because he was only there for like 16 games. So Basically, he said that he knew that it was an impossible scenario for a coach. The players all knew it was screwed up. He knew it was a screwed up situation. But if they call and say, hey, come be our coach, he's going to say yes. Yeah. So he went in there. Uh, he basically played, you know, 16 games. Um, he lost like seven of those games. And they said, this isn't working out and you're fired. So that was like one of the weirdest moments of any coaching tenure in the NHL of having Bell Barry Melrose as the Tampa Bay Lightning. People got pissed off because he put Steven Stamkos on the third line. Like Steven Stamkos, like now is a third line type guy, but really not even a third line type guy. He's a second line type guy. He's still one of yeah, the best scores. Twilight of his career, like one of the best yeah. to ever do it. So, you so know, 2008, 2009, this guy's still like elite of the elite in the league. And, you know, he's on the third line. So, Jesus. So Barry Melrose, you know, was in his second stint as a coach. Um, he had his moment. So like there's tons and tons and tons of stories like this that go on and on and on. But if like, you know, Wayne Gretzky uh, was not a good head coach, you've got guys like Tony Granato, who's an amazing hockey player and, um, you know, actually 
coached some good teams, got in the playoffs a bunch of times, but still just didn't have what it took to get over the edge. You know, you've got you guys like Barry Melrose doing so poorly in Tampa Bay. You know, we we are in a decent situation here as uh, as as fans of the Kraken. And I think we need just to chill on Haxtell. And like we can still roll our eyes when he pulls goalies with four minutes left in the game. That's fine. That does bother me. But at the same time, it's like, let's just let him do his thing. Let him get through a full season and let's get through a full month without injuries or COVID. And then we can really kind of go from there. Yeah, if you think he's going to go anywhere anytime soon and listen, every everything that everyone you know has has said about him so far, I'm with you. Like I'm I'm with you on that 100%. But if you're going to criticize one particular thing in this instance Haxtell, but if you're also going to criticize Grubauer or whatever the hell, you need to criticize the entire organization because the fact of the matter is for the most part everyone has not been you know, playing, playing their role. But at the end of the day, again, two words, expansion team. He's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. They're at least going to give him this season, if not next season. It is what it is. We should be happy that the Kraken exist. We root for them to win. Um, you know, we want the best for them moving forward. And and hopefully, you know, they can make some some smart trades. There's been a lot of smoke around Giordano going back to Calgary and seeing what we can get in exchange for him. And uh, and see what they do in, in the offseason and continue to, you know, acquire that uh, draft capital and make some, you know, moves in free agency. So there's lots of listen, it's it's the first it's a couple of months into the first year of this franchise existing for forever. So, uh, again, if you're a Seattle Kraken fan, there's a good chance that you're a fucking Mariners fan or a Seahawks fan. Hey, guess what? The Mariners haven't seen the playoffs. Um since I was in high school and I just turned 37 in 2021. So if you can withstand um, over a decade, nearly two decades of abuse by a sports franchise, and you can withstand a couple months from the Seattle Kraken, you'll be fine. <laughs> you know, that's something I want to, uh, 2022 goal is um, I want to learn more about salary caps. I'd like to know more about um, the farm teams I'd like to know more as we invest into, you know, my, like, as I invest into my, like my fandom as a Kraken fan, I want to start knowing those ins and outs so I can start kind of like plotting and planning in my head. That's something I I normally don't get into when it comes to most sports is following like the money situation and what can we actually do, um, you know, before the trade deadline, can we do something? Cause I'd be all about it. I would love to see some number one scoring. Here's what I learned in this episode, episode 13 of what lies beneath. Um, I learned that uh, obviously we want to get healthy. Um, I learned that uh, Joey uh, needs to start making cocktails for the entire staff of the uh, podcast before um, <laughs> each. The Negroni that you made looked delicious. Now I told I don't even know what that is, great. but I want to get one. I've, I've never had one. It. I've been garnished it with an orange. It's Italy in a glass. It's a fantastic drink. That sounds amazing. I like that. Um, you know, the Kraken, I want to see some, um, I need some, even if they lose, I just want to see some emotion and some positive positives that I can take away more positive than negatives. Um, I, uh, Nadia Popovici, uh, is a, a hockey angel. And literally I think she should be retired to the rafters. She's a saint. She's an angel. She's fantastic. Beautiful. Let's not fire Dave Haxtell. We can't fire him. Uh, Joey would totally snatch a hockey puck out of the air and not give it to your child. Um, <laughs> a, I'm not taking that back. I'm not walking it back. I'm just no, saying, you hide, can't hide your kids. I'm coming to the crack. No. And get 
<laughs> um, but also too, um, I, I learned that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm ready for, uh, a great year of crack and hockey. And, um, I had a point to all this before. I think we should just get right into it. Something that we kind of wanted to start here. Should we explain, uh, our, you know, before we, before we end the episode, should we explain the chirp of the week? Yeah, I feel like this should be the episode where we do explain it. And then from here on out, like people are on their own. So we had this idea. Um, you know, we're constantly thinking of ways to make this podcast better. Hopefully people have noticed some improvement from episode one to episode 13. But, um, you know, we're thinking of different segments and things that we can do. And, you know, rather than a normal sign off, we had the idea of doing a chirp of the week. I noticed um, how chirping in hockey is not only encouraged, but a lot of times guys are mic'd up. I've seen, I've already seen and heard some fantastic chirps. Upon a quick Google search, you will notice that there are um, tons of videos out there um, of just like the best hockey chirps of all time. So what we wanted to do, and I kind of teed it up to Jeff, like this is like when uh, John Stewart did his uh, oh shit. What was the thing he used to do here? I'm, I'm spacing out now. Oh, your moment, your moment of zen, where he was like, and here's your moment. Well, this will be our moment moment of zen for the NHL. This will be our chirp of the week. So from from here on out, you know, if people people enjoy this every episode, we'll just be like, and here's your chirp of the week, and then we're gonna play it. We might not even leave context for it, and we we just want y'all to listen to it, and hopefully you appreciate it. We can talk about it on social media, but uh, yeah, I I mean, I feel like that's a a pretty uh, pretty standard explanation for what we're trying to do here. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, it, it, have fun with us on Twitter at KrakenPod, Facebook, same thing. Um, please, 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 if you can, leave us a review on Spotify. It's so easy just to hit that five star, mash the five star down, please. Um, also, too, wherever else you uh, download this podcast. Thank you for doing that, by the way. Uh, we would love a review, um, you know, Apple Podcasts, wherever it could be. So please uh, just kind of keep up with us and, and we'll keep up with you as we try to uh, keep keep this thing rolling. But I think we should just uh, wrap up the show. Joey, great episode. Uh, I fully expect uh, to see you at Mardi Gras, uh, too, sometime soon. So we'll plan for that. But let's, let's leave you with the What Lies Beneath the Seattle Kraken podcast, Chirp of the Week. 